Father, thank you so much for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on the cross for us. And in mankind's mind, that cross was meant to kill. It was meant to defeat. In Satan's mind, it was meant to kill, to crush the chance of hope, the chance of freedom, the chance of new life in, in God and in Christ. And so thank you for the victory that was won for me, for each one that's bowed here, for each one in, in the county that we live in, the, the freedom that comes from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for us. Thank you. Father, in the next few moments, would you, by your spirit, quiet our hearts? Would you allow us to focus our thoughts and attention on you? Would you allow us to respond to your spirit in our hearts and our lives? I pray that it would be your words that are heard and not mine. I pray that your spirit would be free to minister to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat. Just want to say thank you to our video guys. We had a little crash this morning that happened with our computer, and that's why you are, are noticing some different things. And they've stepped in and kind of about 20 minutes before, we didn't know if you guys were going to have any words at all. And uh, so then it was just going to be a memory test for you. And uh, I'm thankful that we didn't have that this morning, but thank you guys for that. And also, so as we go into the message this morning, there may or may not be scriptures, and that just is another test for you, and that means that you're going to have to look at me and uh, maybe focus a little and, and hopefully try to stay with me as we go through this this morning. Um, we've been looking at and doing a study in the book of First Thessalonians, and we want to continue that study this morning. And if you were with us a few weeks ago as we started that study, um, we started looking at the fact that this little church, this little church plant um, that Paul and, and his team uh, had gone into this town of the city, really, of Thessalonica, and they had shared the truth of Jesus Christ. And this little church was born out of that. And this week, uh, Catherine and I had the opportunity of doing some interviews. Some of you had agreed to do an interview. We're looking at a celebration service coming the end of June for our 15 years um, of, of us meeting in public services as Mossbrook Church. And so we had asked some of you if we could interview you about uh, how you ended up at Mossbrook Church, some of the process of your, of your coming to faith or your growth in Jesus Christ. And so we spent a couple of days doing those interviews. Let me say something to you. That was incredibly encouraging to my heart. Uh, wasn't something I had thought about much, um, but going back through some of the stories with some of you and being reminded of you coming to faith, being reminded of life change that's happened in your families, uh, being reminded of units of people who are, who are connected together uh, and are living life together and how your life has changed because you're connected to a, another unit of people who are part of this church and how you encourage one another and you pray for one another, one another and uh, how you interact with each other. It was really cool. It was so encouraging, encouraging to me. And I thought of 1 Thessalonians as we were doing this because that's the story. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about this group of people who come together, who become followers of Jesus Christ, and they're, they're joined together in heart, in soul, in mind, in mission. And all of a sudden, where they were individual, where they were doing their own thing, now they're connected in a way that you could never be connected. 
You could be on mission for something that is so much greater than you. And that, that's what Paul, when he writes this letter back to this little church that started, he's saying, he's saying to them, he's saying, I'm so encouraged by what's happened in you. And what's, what's being told about you in the region where you live. And so this young church that's only six months old probably when Paul writes this letter, it's a a group of people who have yielded their hearts and their lives to Jesus Christ. They're living in the middle of a large community of people who are a long way from God and whose hearts have not been challenged by Jesus Christ. And their view of life and their view of living life with other people is very self-centered, this, this town that they live in. And this little group of people go, no, there's something more. There's something different. And when you come to know Jesus Christ, it changes your heart. And Paul writes back to encourage them and to talk to them a little bit. Paul comes to this little group of people when he first comes to start this church after being severely treated in the, in the town of Philippi. And he had started a church there, and he, he, had, to, he had to scurry out of there, and, and God takes him to this town. And he preaches the gospel, he shares the gospel with them, and some people come to Christ. Now, what I want you to understand about that process, that we get to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul's going to start talking about something, and it's this. Every time that we do anything in life, whether it's spiritual in nature, it's for God, like what we're going to talk about this morning, or it's for your family, or it's, or it's to change maybe the trajectory of your life in some way, or, or maybe it's to change the job that you're in, or maybe it's to help your kids get to a different level, or, or whatever it is that you choose to do in life. And even a lot of the things that you choose not to do in life, there's a price that you pay. In chapter 2, Paul's going to talk to us about the price that was paid and that is paid for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we titled this, Be Willing, but under it I put a subtitle and I said this, there's always a price. There's always a price. And whatever decisions that you made this last week, whatever decisions you're making with your family, whatever personal decisions that you are making, every time you make a decision, you pay a price. And you're asking yourself often, whether you say it out loud or not, but you've become so good at it that in your heart of hearts, every time you choose whatever it is, you weigh out the options. It's like this massive scale in your head. And you go, if I do this it costs me this. If I say this, it costs me this. And some of us don't do certain things because of the cost. It's too high. And we weigh it out and we're like, no, it's not worth it. Some of you in, relational, in relationships in your families, there are times where you sit and you, you weigh it out. You go, I should say something, but the cost is pretty high if I do. And so you keep your mouth closed. And in keeping your mouth closed, there's a cost. There's a price. And so this chapter that we're going to read, that we're going to look at, Paul's going to talk to us about the price, the cost. If you're a Christ follower in this room this morning, choosing to share your faith 
the reality that Jesus Christ has changed you, there's a price. There's a cost. If you're a Christ follower in this room this morning, choosing not to share your faith, there's a price. There's a cost. When you choose not to share your faith as a Christ follower, the cost is your soul. You kill your soul. And you become very empty. Because the, the very relationship that brings life, you stifled and you push down. There's a cost to every decision that we make. And so as Paul writes to this little church, he's going to talk about the cost. Now we know that the ultimate cost for our relationship with God, the ultimate cost, the ultimate price for my heart, my life, my soul to be made right with my creator, God, the ultimate price was paid by his son Jesus on the cross. So that the wall that was placed between me, my heart, because of sin, the wall that was placed between me and God, my creator, that wall was broken by Jesus Christ on the cross. And so the ultimate price for my salvation, for my relationship with him, was paid in full by Jesus Christ on the cross. But here's the thing, folks, that those of us as Christ followers, to share our faith, faith, there is a price. There is a cost, and we're going to talk about that. I want to read 1 Thessalonians verse, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And I want you just to, if you have your Bible, turn there. I don't think it will be on the screen yet. Um, but I want you to just, just follow along with me. And I want you to notice, and I'll stop and show you this, but there's a phrase that shows up in these 12 verses a number of times, and Paul uses this phrase on purpose, and it's the phrase, as you know, or you yourselves know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you to see that as I read through this, because it's really important for the price, okay? It's really important that you get this for the price that was paid. Here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, For you yourselves know, it starts right off this way, for you yourselves know. He's writing back to this little church and, and he's saying, look, remember, you know, you know what happened. You were there, you were part of this. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our visit with you was not without resolve. And when he says that, he's saying, look, you know that because we came and shared the gospel, a little church was planted and you're, you're the result. Your lives were changed for Jesus Christ, and you know it because you, you experienced the change in your heart and your life. On the contrary, after we had previously suffered and were treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know, we were emboldened by our God. And so Paul says, look, we were treated horribly in Philippi. They beat us. They threw us in prison. They were, they were getting rid of us. But instead of it shutting us up, it just emboldened us to tell you about Jesus Christ. As you know, because when we came, we weren't quiet. We shared the truth of Jesus Christ. We're emboldened by our God to speak the gospel of God to you in spite of great opposition. For our um, exhortation didn't come from error or impurity or an intent to deceive. 
Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak. Listen to this. Not to please people. (laughs) What Paul had to say didn't please many people, by the way. But rather God, who examines our hearts. For we never used flattery of speech that was known in the day to get up and flatter people, to have them join you, to say great things about who they were so that they would be on your side. So when you made your point, they're like, yeah, we like this guy. We're in. He said, we didn't do that. We didn't use flattery. As you know, you remember. That's what he says. He says, as you know, remember. We didn't do any of this stuff to kind of win you over. That wasn't the point of what we talked about. Or had greedy motives. God is our witness. And we didn't seek glory from people, neither from you or from others. Although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, instead we were gentle among you as a nurse a nurse nurtures her own children. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only in the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Because you had become dear to us. For you remember, remember this. Remember, he says, our labor and hardship. Remember, we worked beside you. We lived our life with you. We didn't didn't stand off to one side and hope you came to Jesus. We mixed with you. We we lived life with you. Working night and day so that we would not be a burden to anyone. We preach God's gospel to you. You were witnesses. (laughs) See, You were witnesses. You remember, you saw it. You saw it. And so is God of how devotely, righteously, and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers. Again, as you know. You remember this. You saw us do it. Like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to live worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. I want to talk to you about three costs that Paul talks about in this passage for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with these people. And he reminds them over and over, remember when I was there. He was only there a short period of time, but he did a lot in a short period of time. He gave himself wholly to this group of people. He was all in to what he was doing. And he said, I want you to remember what I did. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the cost. The first cost, if you're taking notes, the first cost that you want to write down, found in verses 1 and 2 is this. It's the cost of physical persecution. Now, in the day and age that we live in, where we live today, there's not a lot of physical persecution for your faith in Jesus Christ. But in a large part of our world, there is. There are places this morning that speaking the truth about Jesus Christ, reading these verses as I read them to you right now would cost me my life. There are places this morning that by us gathering in public right now in this room, we would not leave this place in freedom. We would be taken away. There's a physical cost. There's a physical price. There was physical persecution that Paul faced for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was willing to pay the price. If you look at his, his missionary journeys over all of the places, the towns, the cities that he went, he ran into this often. The cost of physical persecution. 
But here's what Paul says in this. He said, look, my physical persecution wasn't without result. In other words, he says this, look, because I was willing to say yes to God and be persecuted physically for my faith, because I was willing to say yes to God and continue to share my faith in spite of what I knew I would face, there's a whole bunch of you who now have a relationship with God. Your lives have been changed. Your family tree will never be the same. The cost, physical persecution, yeah, it's worth it. That's what Paul's saying. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. The result, <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. How about us as Christ followers? Often when the cost gets a little high, we're out. Forget physical persecution. When it gets just a little, little bit of a struggle, it doesn't quite go our way. It's not quite what I had in mind. I'm out. I'm done. And Paul says this, we suffered, we were treated outrageously, but we kept on. As you know, you saw what we did. Paul was willing to accept the physical cost of following Christ. It cost him. There's always a cost for every decision you make. Second that I want you to see the cost of is this. It's found in verses 3 to 6. And he says this. It was the cost of his reputation. If you read these verses, it seems a little odd. Let me reread them, 3 to 6. He says, We recall in the presence of our God and Father, your work produced... Oh, I'm in chapter 1. That seemed really odd. I'm glad it wasn't up there because you're like, what is he doing? Verse, let, me, let me jump down to verse 3. For our exhorta- uh, exhortation didn't come from error or impurity or an intent to deceive. Instead, just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please people, but rather God, who examines our hearts. For we never use flattery, flattering speech, as you know, or had greedy motives, God is our witness. And we didn't seek glory from people, either from you or from others. Paul goes into this little phrase, which seems a little odd in these three verses, that all of a sudden he begins to defend himself. He's not talking so much about God right here. He's saying, hey, look, as you know, as you remember, when we came to you and we did this, we weren't looking for your praise. We weren't looking for you to, to think we were great. We didn't even use flattery speech. We didn't care if we got paid. And later he's going to go on and say, we didn't, we didn't even care if we got paid. We, paid we, we paid our own way. And he goes into this little defensive stance where he starts saying all the stuff that he does and how he wasn't asking for them to do it for him. And in my mind, when I read that, I'm like, Paul, what are you doing? I mean, your focus is on God, not on you. And I realized something. Think about where Paul had just come from. He got kicked out of Philippi. He was put in prison. In Phil- Think of this. The prisoner comes to your door and says, hey, I want you to know about Jesus Christ. I just got out of prison. Think about today, how you would respond, Okay. That's what Paul, that's where he just came from. And he comes into Philippi, I mean, into, first, into, into Thess- Thessalonica, and he starts telling them about Jesus Christ and who Jesus Christ is, and he gets kicked out of there as well. Someone stirs up the people and they push him out. And so when he writes back to these people in his mind, he knows what's going on. 
there's a group of Jews, there's a group of people in the city who are saying, you remember when Paul was here six months ago? He didn't really care about you. He didn't have your best interest in mind. It says this, that that group of people didn't just give him a hard time in Thessalonica. They followed him. When he left Thessalonica and he went to Berea, they followed him there. They found out he was preaching the gospel there, and they followed. They went. And they stood up, and they told people, hey, Paul doesn't care about you. Don't listen to me. He's just trying to cause problems. And so in verses 3 to 6, Paul is saying, look, you know what people have said about me. And I want you to know that my heart, my purpose in doing this was for the love of Jesus Christ, and that's it. So there's always a cost, right? The cost of your reputation, verses 3 to 6. People will misunderstand you. People will use your words against you. People will say things that are not true about you. People will point to you and say, if, if they really cared, if they really wanted, then they would do it this way. That's what they were doing to Paul. And I love his use of words in verses 3 to 6 because he says this, I didn't use flattery. I didn't try to tell you something that wasn't true. I didn't try to build you up in a way to make you do something to convince you. Then he says this, I didn't try to deceive you. And the word there, deceive, means this. It means to bait the hook. You know what I'm, what I'm talking about? Those people who come around you and say, look, hey, this is so good. If you could get in on the ground floor on this one, if you give me this amount of money, man, you will make millions. This is going to be awesome. You need to get in. And the moment you give them the 10 bucks, they're out of there. They're gone. And Paul says, I didn't bait the hook. I didn't try to deceive you. I didn't take a hook and put the worm on in such a way that you couldn't tell there was a hook under it. I was honest with you. That this was completely about a relationship with Jesus Christ. This was completely about what Jesus Christ wants to do in your heart and life. Folks, if you're going to share the truth about Jesus Christ, there's a cost of your reputation. And when you share the truth about what Jesus has done in you, there are people who are not going to get it. They're not going to understand. And they're going to talk about you and your life in ways that are not true. And Paul says, as you know, (laughs) remember. Remember what I did. Remember what I did. You see, in verses 7 to 12, There's a cost of your comfort if you're going to share your faith with others, if you're going to talk about who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ has done for you. And I want you to see this. If you look at verses 7 to 12, you're going to see the cost of Paul's comfort. And he starts this by talking about a mother nurturing her child. And if you're a mother here, or you've been a mother, you're a grandmother, you know that there is a cost, a huge cost, to your comfort, not just after the baby's born. Your comfort is affected before that child shows up. Am I right? Okay. There's a huge cost to your comfort, but the love of that child, even before the child shows up, 
You're willing to pay the price of the loss of your comfort. And then the baby shows up, and your life really changes. Pam and I talk about this often. Our life has never been the same since Talia and Justin showed up. We love them to death, but they ruined it. I mean, <laughs> no, we love what's going on, but our life is completely different. And a lot of the things that were comfortable to us that we didn't even think about the comfort of those things, those events, those parts of our life. You know, you know when the little one first comes and, and, and you're, you're used to saying, hey, let's go out tonight and, and you jump in the car and off you go. And now that little creature has a lot of stuff. And you can't go, hey, let's go out tonight. And you fill the trunk and you fill the back seats and, and then you get there and you realize you haven't got what you need. It's always the way it works. The comforts that we have get changed. And Paul says, look, hey, remember, my giving of myself was like a mother with a child. And I care so much about you and your relationship with Jesus Christ and the growth of this little church. And I'm willing to give up the comforts that I have to nurture you to make sure that you grow. And he keeps going with these, the cost of your own personal life. If you keep reading down through there, Paul says, look, I wasn't doing this for my own gain. This wasn't for me. It wasn't so I would look good. It was for Jesus Christ. It was a sacrifice for God himself. And he asked me to share the gospel. And I sacrificed my own personal life for the good of you guys knowing Jesus Christ. Hey, if you want to share your faith, there's a cost, there's a sacrifice of your personal life. And you won't get to do all the things that you think that you want to do the way you want to do them. Because if God really has a hold of your heart, if Jesus Christ is the master, the Lord, the savior of your life, he's going to ask you to do things in times and ways that are not comfortable for you, for me. There's a sacrifice of my personal life. Remember we said, is it worth it? Is the price worth it or isn't it? We do this all the time. When God asks us, is the price worth it or isn't it? There was a cost of hard work. Paul didn't want to be a burden to this young church. And so he said, look, I, I didn't ask anything from you. Instead, I knew how to make tents, and so I sat down and I made tents, and I sold those tents so that I could eat, so that I could make it, so there wouldn't be a cost to you guys, so that you could understand Jesus. I paid the price. And often in our serving God and our living for God, we want it all there. We just we want it to be there for us. Paul says, no, there's a cost of hard work. There's a cost of good conduct, if you read down this. Paul made a statement in another place in the New Testament where he said this, if it offends my brother, I will eat no meat. In other words, he says, look, there's a sacrifice in my conduct. And if I realize something will drive you sideways and drive you away from knowing Jesus Christ, then I'll make sure I don't do it so that you'll see Jesus. There's a cost in his conduct. And I'll live life to a different level than everyone else just so I can point them to Jesus Christ. 
There's a cost of leading, and he uses a father in this one, and he says, look, as a father would encourage and comfort and, and, and help his children to understand, that's how I live life with you people. I gave leadership and direction to you, and I acted as your mother, nurturing you, and as your father, leading you. There's a cost. There's a cost of comfort. Now that was great for Paul, and you can look at that and say, wow, man, I'm glad I'm not Paul. I'm glad I'm not in his shoes because the cost for him was great. But he finishes this, verses 13 to 16. I'm going to read them for you right now. And he says this. He says, that was my cost. But if you become a Christ follower, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, the cost is the same for you. You say, hold it, that was Paul's job. He was, he was planting the church. He's the leader guy. He's supposed to pay. He says, no, 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 that's not how this works. Because the moment you become a Christ follower, you're commissioned to do the exact same thing that Paul was doing. It's to share your faith. And so that cost that Paul's talking about is handed on to me, and it's handed on to you if you're a Christ follower. Let me read these couple of verses to you. He said this. This is why we constantly thank God, because when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you welcomed it not as a human message, but as it truly is. The Word of God. Which also works effectively in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. Since you have also scattered, I mean, suffered the same things from people of your own country, just as they did. From the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and persecuted us. They displease God and are hostile to everyone by keeping us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. As a result, they are constantly filling up their sins to the limit and the wrath has overtaken them at last. Paul says this. You became followers of Jesus. This little church came to, came to life. It was born. It exists. Hey, guys. Mossbrook. Little church was born. Came to life. Some of you guys were saved. Come to know Jesus here through Mossbrook Church. And Paul says, it's awesome to see that. And you became imitators of God. I love that word. He used it in chapter 1. He says this, that when you came to know Jesus Christ, you became imitators of God. You wanted to be like God. You wanted to live that way. And he said, that's awesome. It's so exciting to see. But he says, know this. The same persecution that I face for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ the same persecution that I suffered to get the gospel to you, you will suffer it as well. At the hands of your countrymen, those who are close to you, you will suffer it as well. 
Folks, if you are sitting in this room and you're a Christ follower and you decide to make a stand for truth, you decide to live out the truth of Jesus Christ in your life, there's a cost. There's a price. Are you willing to pay the price? Got an action statement and a question for you, and I'm done. Here they are. Action statement. Find the person who paid the price for you. Somebody paid the price so that you could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you remember who that is, find the person who paid the price so that you could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and take a minute and say thank you. Just go back to him and say, hey, I don't know if you remember this, but you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with me and it changed my life. Thank you. They didn't save you. God did. I get that. But it will be an encouragement for them to keep going. And it will be a reminder to you that someone paid a price so that you could know the truth. Action statement. Find them and remind them. Say thank you. Question. Are you willing to pay the price of sharing the love of Jesus with others? Don't answer fast. You've weighed it out in your mind. You've probably thought through the fact that, yeah, in these scenarios I will, but in these, no, I probably won't. That's not what I asked. (laughs) I asked just straight up. Are you willing to pay the price of sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others? Father, grant us the courage By your spirit, make us willing to share the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with those who are around us. Amen. So I love the phrase, guys, in that song where it says, it will be my joy. Can I say this to you? This week, as we did those interviews, I was reminded of my joy. It's easy to forget. And my joy is I can look over this room right now and I can see a bunch of folks whose lives are different than when I met them. It's incredible. It's so awesome. It's so incredible to see the work that Jesus Christ does in our heart and life. And when I think about what Paul says in chapter 2, There's always a price. Can I say this to you? The price has been worth it. Is it easy? No, there's been a lot of times when it wasn't easy. I wanted to quit. I didn't want to do this anymore. I'll be honest. I'm just like you. I'm a person. I have feelings. I get tired. I get cranky. But the price has been worth it. If just one folk, one person understands the grace of Jesus Christ and turns their life 
to him, it's been worth it. Thank you. Thank you for the privilege of sharing Jesus Christ with you. Thank you for becoming imitators of God. Continue. In spite of how difficult it may be, continue. Pay the price. The joy, the peace, and the freedom that are yours when you pay the price. It's incredible. There's nothing like it. Father, thank you for the privilege, the joy of saying yes to you. Thank you for using me. Thank you for using this body of believers to share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for them being willing to pay the price. God, continue to use us in our town, in our county, in our state to make a difference for your kingdom. Thank you for the example of Paul and his willingness that no matter what the cost was, he was going to share the truth. Oh God, may that be true of us. In your name we pray. Amen.